All right. We're back here in the beginning of November. November. Talkvember. And it's time for News. <laughs> Howard. Stern. Stern. Comment. Numis. Upon. And comment. Upon, upon the news. That was the worst one yet. It was. That was. Well, at least we've. We, yeah, but we're up to three minutes and 19 seconds for average listens. So it's all right. Oh, wow. We <laughs> three minutes and 19 seconds. Hmm. Maybe we need to drag out that intro a little bit longer. Well, you I know. saw there was some listens from the Canary Islands. So this is for you. <laughs> yes, the Canary Islands. I mean, you know, maybe one day we could do a guest taping there. So whoever you are listening out there in the Canary Islands, yes, Listen to what the Commodore is telling you. He's explaining to you. There you go. <laughs> so. So. He's back in the studio. He's back in the studio. And. My I just, man, Otis. Otis. Yeah, I knew. It. So, you know, I, I, I have to reflect upon last week when we spoke and we actually did take a good ch- chunk of time to talk about what Howard ended up talking about for the beginning yeah. of the show. And and even, I think, a little bit after the interview, he just spoke about it. But I don't uh, think you talked about his cold turkey meatballs, but yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I thought he was getting sauce outside. But, uh, you know, he got instead he got the Tupperware from Beth. Um, but he did. I, 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 we weren't taking. I think bets. it was corningware because it was glass. But anyway. Oh, oh, yeah, that corningware. Brought to you. Exactly. We're constantly looking for new sponsors because yeah, corningware mattresses are on everything. Why we need glassware to be our sponsor? Exactly, and corningware is a rare find on the Canary Islands, but. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was yeah. just giving a shout out. That was, it's going up to four minutes now. I'm telling I you. I know. I'm telling we're, you, man, four minutes and 12 seconds. That, that's our That's our goal. We're pushing it. We're pushing those boundaries. Um, 1,300 listens, and they're like, wait a second, this isn't Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, now, maybe we should start out with that. And then, and then uh, you know, People will will listen longer. That hey now will add a good two seconds to that listen. And here's a shout out to our listener in Ecuador who's downloaded four of our. Okay, let's move forward. We've got one in Ecuador. Really, that yeah. would be okay. exciting. All right, maybe we need to bring a Spanish commentator on. I mean, we got Quito. Canary Islands and we've got Ecuador. I mean, Quito. clearly, yeah, exactly. Uh, and next week's show, we should do completely in Esperanto. Well, All right. Anyways, so Howard did uh, take the elevator. He did see Otis. He did give Bruce a big hug, followed by Purell. And uh, who else did he actually see? Did he actually see Gary? I, I think I don't think so. I think it was really just Otis and um, 
There were he said there were security guards along the highway. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, you know, but he did make his way in. So my question and you were right. And he 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 went in early. Oh on, yeah. Uh, Sunday. I knew he was All coming in on Sunday. Oh, he was there. He 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 refrained from speaking with Beth, that whole thing. He had to get that, you know, cleansing, cleansing the post Drew Barrymore dating game stuff out of uh. his system. And, uh, you know, he was singularly focused. Um, and, uh, you know, actually, speaking of the interview, I I listened to about half of it. And then I for the last half of it, I ended up watching the video on yeah. my Sirius XM app nice. on my Roku uh TV. And um, I will say the impact of watching them in the studio, watching Bruce, um, there were times, I mean, listening to, I, I am a fan of Bruce. I'm not like a super huge fan, but like seeing him sitting down at the piano, seeing him like holding the guitar while he's talking and just seeing how natural that whole thing was just it did resonate with me. I did get some of those chills that uh, Robin and Howard spoke about. I I did. Um, I, I got those reactions, especially watching the video. But one thing I noticed speaking about the day of preparation or hanging out on Sunday is there are a couple of times. I don't think it was intended, but there are a couple of times where you see Howard and he's just got stacks of paper with questions. He's got so many notes in like, his hand. Like, like Will Ferrell with the stack of cards. Like, so when you get the musical impulse, like with Albert Einstein in the shower, does it come on like a freight train or is it something subtle? Your thoughts. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'll just say it. I mean, the the level, just those few moments of seeing him holding those, you know, printed out pieces of paper that were filled with type. Um, it just it was like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is the Howard I know. This is the preparation that he puts in. This is what why he is one of the best interviewers if he is the best interviewer around um in my opinion i think this i agree i think this interview is one of those that definitely solidifies that title and solidifies that description um even for those people who aren't like these diehard Bruce fans, like, like me, I like Bruce. I like his music. I know a lot of his music, but I'm not like this super fan that knows all these, you know, songs. I probably knew most of the stuff that he played. Um, but yeah, I think um, this interview, just as John Landau apparently told Howard is this is, this is one for the books. This, um, it definitely not only was a great Howard Stern interview, not only a great interview of Bruce Springsteen, um, but I do think there were aspects of Bruce that were shown in this interview that you really 
didn't quite, you don't quite get. For example, I guess my concern, and I think I might've even said this, is before the interview, I was like, well, you know, that Broadway show is basically like right. what he's, like him yeah. doing this, sitting down at the piano, talking about songs, doing all that. I really think Howard, as part of his research, as a guy who's seen that Broadway show. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I saw. He, he, I thought he said he saw it twice. I think he did say he saw it twice. And I think he also probably watched it again. And um, I think he consciously was like, I'm not going to tread on that territory in the same way. He references things in the show that Bruce says in the show. Um, and he did it in a really intelligent way, I felt. Um, but uh, anyways, Commodore, your thoughts. Well, the first thing is, is that uh, I felt that Bruce was much more nervous than Howard. And that that is uh, that was surprising to me because my thoughts about Bruce were that he's just this chill individual but you could see with his nervous laughter a lot of times that he he he, he didn't know what he was getting into to a certain extent and uh, he was excited about it and uh, I thought that came through in a lot of the songs that he did I thought he performed extremely well especially uh, the um, his rendition when he talked about Clarence Clint and actually the rising there was this vis I mean there was this audible swallow that he did where he he was trying to bring himself back because I think he was he was committed to this to an extent that I, I've never seen a guest on the show he wanted to make this what 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 it became and with the two of them doing that, it was fantastic. It really was. And it was a human side of, of individuals who are multimillionaires and people beyond a lot of our understanding, you know, what, what, how they live their daily life, where it was a human, it was a human going on that, that we got to listen to. And it was, it was special. Because it, it became more than an interview. It became just kind of a, um, it was a performance of, uh, of the both. Uh, it, it showed the, the best side of both of them is what I was trying to say. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. I think, you know, one of Howard's great talents as an interviewer is you can be the greatest interviewer, but if that person you're interviewing is not willing um, to go where you need them to go, then or if they have an agenda, yeah, or if they just want to, yeah, say the things they need to say, um, then it it becomes really difficult. And Howard has that ability to to really disarm people. And I think you're exactly right. I think that disarming, especially in the way in the context of how this interview happened bringing Howard into the studio, having the instruments set up. I do think I picked up on that nervousness at the beginning. I do think that laughter at first was a little like, whoa, what's, uh, what's I mean, actually. A lot of inappropriate laughing, which is like a reaction somebody would have if they're there. He has a lot of respect for Howard. Yeah, he does. And that came through. Um, 
Which actually that brings up something that I, I'm wondering if you can answer. I don't know, but Howard actually referenced at the beginning and at the end of the interview, he's like, and thank you for your, um, your um, forgiveness for past sins and stuff like right. what did Howard do? What did the past sins? Well, I looked know? into that. Yeah. Uh, Howard kind of uh, went into uh, his son for being a volunteer firefighter. And that, and that, that was it. I kind of remember that, but what did he say? What, what was he, what was Howard's well, riff about that? Well, he was just kind of like, you know, trying to say that this guy is just trying to prove, or his son was trying to prove a little too much and that uh, he wasn't being a genuine, uh, he was just, he was doing it for publicity or something. I mean, if, if you, if you read about it online, it just seemed like Howard was being very dismissive of one of his kids. And I think that, um, you know, that's something that you don't want to touch on with anyone. And that's why I think Steven Spielberg is a hard get because daddy, you know, the, the whole, well, yeah, that'll never, I mean, well, yeah, that's a whole other, I mean, I, I think that, uh, well, in that case, I bet J.J. Uh, Abrams got some shit about that, too. I think he did. <laughs> but, think he did. Uh, but, wow, that seems okay. I mean, I I, I would love to know the context of what Howard was saying. And do you know how long ago it was that he said that? Uh, I mean, no, what? I don't. But, I mean, you know, first of all, there's a... <laughs> How hard was Baba Booey really trying to get him on the show? Because I, I don't know how hard that guy, you know, I mean, he might've put some feelers out, but like, he, he seems like a guy who, who wants people to come to him. But anyway, I, I won't go into that. Cause wow. that's a of his own celebrity because of, you know, I'm Baba Booey. Don't you know? Yeah. You're big time. And he's, he's a big time and Baba boondoggle. I'm, you know, I, <laughs> he's a lot he's far from boy gary he is not that guy anymore oh no he has not been for quite some time but um and, and you could even see that when michael rapaport with the the group chain when he's posting all these things about the the uh, green teeth monkey and all the other members on that chain are silent because you know there's there's a certain uh like you know uh, gravitas of the whole Baba Booey thing where the, the other staff members think of him as boss, you know, they, they think of him as the boss, you know, and I think, well, there was a time, I mean, Jason used to give it to him. Jason was kind of like the bad cop that would come in and talk about Gary. And, um, but he doesn't do that anymore because I think Jason's position is, is elevated. But yeah, in the old days, there were people like Scott DePace and uh, even Greenstein and yep. those guys, the Howard TV people. I mean, you know, like the whole showing showing him taking a nap and all that stuff. And, that, and <laughs> I love the way it's like, well, one of the other shows, the camera was voice activated and the, they didn't tell me or what. Yeah, he was pissed. He was pissed, but you know, just like when he disables all of his, con I mean, like he only takes it from Howard and to a certain extent, 
you know, that's what I'm robbing to to a certain extent. Yeah. And even the on-air people do give it to him. Who do you think, who do you think made more money? uh, Gary or Artie? Well, Artie made money from, I mean, by being on the Howard Stern show. I mean, like he even talked about it. He was like, like, I don't even touch that money. I'm only living off my stand-up. I'm putting that stuff away. Like he's like Jay Leno, yeah. Yeah. But um that that uh at the time, I don't know. I would say I would I would guess that Gary got a big boost when he when they moved to uh Sirius XM. Um and uh before that i don't know and i and i don't know what the structure because that was like probably there was k-rock involved in that and then you know i think a lot of people got a big boost when howard moved to to serious um but yeah Artie just didn't have that history with the show at the same time but he's on air talent i don't know that's what uh, i mean yeah well the Artie uh, related story on something else where uh, another show that I was watching where one time his manager received Gary's check instead of his. And uh, it was considerably larger than, than Artie's. Okay. Considerably. And that I, makes me so angry. I can't, I can't tell you how angry that makes me. Well, I I mean, I might be mistaken in this, but my understanding is in terms of the production side of that stuff, the producer has to be making the most amount of money. So it sort of sets a thing for, you know, Artie, let's be really honest, in terms of on-air talent, Artie was the low man on the totem pole. True. Um, And so everybody else in that sphere has to be making more than Howard including Fred. Right. And, um, and then uh, in terms of Baba Booey, everybody else who works on the show, which is a whole lot of people, they all have to be making less than Gary. Right. I don't know if that explanation kind of makes sense, but that that's the way I see it. So, I mean, that's the thing. So whatever Gary's making, nobody else is making, anywhere close to that and whatever Artie's making everybody's else is making way more than that but talk at about, that time like, at that time i mean it, it's unbelievable that somebody as in i mean the only value that he brings is incompetence it's just it's unreal so you know I mean, we, because because like i i could get stars on this show if i tried i mean if i I dedicated myself to it i could you know you know what i've done i mean i i can i can but he doesn't he he ah i just hello hello i mean it's just all right i mean whether or not you could get stars on this show depends on how you define the word star but um as far as Gary, I mean, we've been talking about for a long time that one day we will do that show where we just let you loose on Gary 
I don't think that this should be that show, but okay. I don't know. I know, I know, I know. I mean, I mean because maybe it's, when... it's a, it was a great week. It was a great week of content. Uh, medicated Pete established himself probably as the most um, interesting whack packer that there is. So, you know, what's a real subtle thing I noticed about medicated Pete is I feel like he's, his speech has changed a little bit. His like he's got a little more of a a a whiff, or he's like kind of mush mouth. I don't know, dude. Maybe he like lost some teeth or had some dental work, or I don't know. He sounded a little like you know he's always he's always been like you know yeah yeah how it yeah I'm not gonna do the imitation, but now he's. <laughs> He is like, you know, he's he's got like a little more of a like a like a like well, he's, a, he's not taking any medication. Oh, well, the, the 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 beef, you know, he's got little. Yeah, you know, I thought I I this you know fill up and my big penis. He's he's lisping a little bit, and he's uh he's got That's I, I all don't that know. spittle. That's and spittle. I think that 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 was tied into it. I think he's got something going on there. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I don't, uh, medicated Pete. Yes. Very, very interesting whack packer. Um, and, and just as far as I know, he is the only whack packer who was an intern who worked yeah. on the show. Right. Well, uh, uh, stay tuned. Cause I think stuttering John might come back as one, but <laughs> Oh, that's did Stubborn John? Yeah, he started out as an intern. That's yep. right, he did, and uh, yeah, that's right. So I guess there's a history of that. Yeah, Stuttering John, and and uh, but was Stuttering John ever really a whack packer? No, he no, never. I mean, he he went out and he did things for the show as as an intern. But I'm saying where he is right now, he might he might come back. Oh yeah, is it so? What's the update on that? Well, I mean, there is unbelievable amount of content about about uh, the disaster that is the Stuttering John uh, podcast, and uh, Shuli is actually feeding his family off of it. But um, <laughs> good for Shuli. Yeah, no, I mean, that, he 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 jumped right on board when he should because, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, the thing is about Stuttering John is that he is an absolute wreck of a human being. I, I, I've never experienced uh, such a fall of anyone that I used to think uh, mattered <laughs> because he, he, he is doing things <laughs> that, that uh, I, I can't even explain it. I mean, the the uh, the amount of energy that he he's putting into these podcasts that he that he's doing, uh, and and the response is that he's getting more people who are his detractors to support him than anyone else. But well, at, hey, should, that's should, yeah, that's a way to you know. Get, uh, so all of you haters of Howard Stern news and comment upon the news. That means you need to listen to the entire show so you can hate the show even more. Yeah, but, because we've, we've taken a, a hard left. But uh, anyways, yeah. So in terms of this week's show, okay, Bruce, 
Yes. There's a there there's stuff we could drill down in there. I think some of the stuff Howard was just just so on point with everything. Even yes. like the way he ended the interview and like at the end he kind of he does a callback actually to Bruce's um to Bruce's Broadway show and he's like, "Yeah, you know, you say on the show like you never you never had that blue collar life. You never did that. You even call yourself a fraud in in wow. your Broadway show. And yet, you know, and then he brings it back to yet your father was that guy. And he was he all your songs are really like, you know, written from that perspective, the guy who you couldn't connect to. And then Bruce said, yeah. No, yeah. I basically I put on his clothes and became a rock star and wrote these songs and spoke to him. And that's the way he and I could connect. And yeah. that's how I I got closer to him. And um, I mean, this is what Howard does, right, is he's he speaks about himself and he relates those things to everyone because they are kind of universal things. I yes. Mean, well, yeah, the human, that the whole human aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bruce does it the other way around. He's t he tells him, Hey, yeah, I think uh, I, he's like, one thing I observed is that artists, uh, the, the artists I know have one parent that absolutely thinks they are this second coming of Jesus. And mm -hmm. the other one who just, it almost disowns them. And that's like Howard was like, well, yeah, I'm I can relate to that on some level. Um and I but, loved how he, he was uh baiting JD like your mom or me. <laughs> that, well, that was that John Blit thing. And well, no, but yeah. that, that was this week, though. That yeah, was, yeah, that was no actually. Blit, I, you know, you and I have talked about, I really love these Donnie Enos moments and Priest and Boy. There was a Priest and Boy this week. I don't know if you caught it. Um, but I finally, from hearing one of those segments after hearing Blit on the air, it's just, it's so obvious to me that that's a John Blit thing. The Priest and Boy, I mean, it's just, yeah. Oh, man, just. The over the topness of it is just, yeah, I don't know. If it, I wish there was a way for me to pull up all those Priest and Boy and Donnie Eno's clips, but I, you can't find them. I don't know. Well, Maybe if if one of you out there has those clips, please email me at uh, what's our email address again? It's uh, isn't it HSS? H uh, no, it's HS News and Comment wow. at gmail.com. At Gmail. Yeah. Or if you have any other comment upon our comment, you can certainly send that to HS News and comment at gmail.com. Because Gmail. one of our other sponsors is Google. <laughs> well, they're all of our sponsors because <laughs> they know uh, they the are. most about it. They exactly. know the most. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I I thought that that that, that moment with JD, the, the blit stuff was funny. The your mom or me. And that <laughs> I thought it was interesting, you know, when it was with Robin or Beth and, and he very quickly went to Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this. Fred. I don't want to do this anymore. 
and, and every, time, every time he chose Robin, uh, Jay, I mean, Howard was like, that's very good. <laughs> You're very smart. <laughs> but but JD did start off with like, but she she threatened one time to to stab me in the eye with a pencil. <laughs> oh, that JD. Oh, yeah. Yeah. JD. Armeyer. And I loved it during the Michael Rappaport thing. When, I mean, Howard's so cons- I mean, he, he really cares about all of it. He really, he, he really loves his people. And I think if, if anything, he loves them to the fault of his own judgment, which has been seen through on so many different levels, but there are certain people that like get themselves out of that universe because they decide that that love isn't good enough. But anyway, we, we shouldn't be talking about these types of things. But the, th- the the reason that I do talk about it. Well, I thought that was pretty deep, actually. I don't know. OK, but go ahead. The the, the reason that I do talk about it is because I, I went back and I read uh, the 1994 uh, Rolling Stone interview with Howard Stern. And then I also read the 2018 interview because Bruce made comment on the fact that that 2018 interview with Rolling Stone made a profound effect with him as probably why he's doing the show when he is, because he really appreciated the um, his um, his understanding of who he was within the realm of his greatness. And I think Bruce has to constantly check that with himself because he wants to be the guy who gives the ride to the guy who says, Hey, Bruce, give me a ride home. You know, he, but I mean, and then he has to cancel the Halloween uh, thing because there are three, 4,000 people. And he doesn't want anybody to die. And I mean, and I think that he didn't know that about Howard until he read that interview. And uh, I think Gary probably was asleep for the past five years or say, oh, yeah, boss, I'm on that. But you know, he, was, <laughs> he was more worried about, you know, his it always sh- comes anyway. back to Gary. <laughs> well, I mean, so my recollection of that, yes. And my reading of that interview, the way Bruce talked about it, because, I, you know, just watching him talk about it a little while ago is he was saying how um, how when he that just like Howard and which Howard was talking about that he has this constant dialogue with his audience yes and if he keeps talking to his audience and and he doesn't grow or change or embrace those changes then he's doesn't have anything left to talk to him about and That's so true. And 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 Bruce chimed in and and said this thing. He was like, oh, yeah, I remember, like, you know, when I put out the Tunnel of Love record and I'd I'd run into some of my fans and they're like like better when you talk about the cars and the cars and the girls. Yeah. And uh, and, you know, so that 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 is a complete parallel to to Howard. You know, there's there are those people who really wish uh, that, you know, the penthouse pets were on and there was more Sibian rides and that Howard was uh, doing, you know, the craptacular again or something like well, that, which actually I, I feel I think, like the craptacular could happen again, but I, <laughs> especially I after October and the decathlon. 
But but I think there's a part of that. And I also think there's a part of the audience. And I I mean, I'm going to speak to them where they related to a guy who was uh, trapped in a marriage. And uh, he was also, you know, very frustrated and wanted to expand his horizon. Like there was something about that 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 uh, resonates uh, or resonated to those fans at that time uh, where it was more about not just the, the content, but also the place where Howard was and him kind of becoming that person that he kind of railed upon that celebrity idea that uh, marrying uh, a, a, I mean, a token wife, if you will. But I, but the thing is, is that listening to Howard as I have for the past four or five years is that uh, there? There's no token amount. I mean, there, there's a connection between those two that uh, is real. And also, I think even Howard said when he was talking to the lesbian, who who wanted to to be with him, and you know, uh, her name was Jerry, the Mary Lou Retton uh, lookalike. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and as soon as he said Mary Lou Retton, they're like, okay, that's enough. That's Thank right. You. That's enough. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well but i do I mean, what, what, what i'm saying thing is is that um i don't think uh fans realize that um that love that was there that you can see in private parts or whatever somewhere along the line it shifted and he didn't have that in his life and and that's a driving uh, oil or fuel for who Howard is. He loves love. I mean, and that's why he's so indulgent with these, you know, craptacular series that he watches. I mean, he is truly a person who understands the power and glory of love. <laughs> Isn't that a, that's a lyric? For wow. Me. Wow. Howard is a romantic. I do. I, I do believe that. I do believe in that he has a big heart. I mean, yeah. I think that he that shows and, in terms of who he and is. Jessica Hahn said that in the 1994 interview with Rolling Stone. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. That's funny that you say that. I do believe he has that. It, as you say, it comes out in the way that he um it treats his 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 compatriots on the show, the the people in his life that are on the show. Um, I mean, even the way he and Beth and the whole North Shore stuff and all of that. It's all part of that. Um, and and yeah, I I see that, and I I think um, I think that that always was Howard, but he's just maybe yeah. a little more willing to show it now. And maybe those people who uh, who are less interested in that version of Howard were actually not really interested in the true, honest Howard. No, they they were interested in the fact that this was a guy who was sticking it to the man. You know, and they were trapped in some situations and they wish they had his voice, you know, and uh, the thing that 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 really uh, connected me to this is the fact that the only like ostracized uh, 
uh, Stern, you know, like Jackie. I mean, I guess Jackie's been back, but whenever you hear Artie talk about why he left the show, he totally understands that he had overstayed his welcome for a couple of years because he knows that that Howard loved him and wanted to see him through, but he's not his dad. He's mm-hmm. not, he's not, he's not going to manage his life. And Artie just, you know, at, Artie at knew, a certain, yeah. And Artie knows that he broke fucking Howard's yes. heart. He totally. broke his heart. That's, totally. I Howard doesn't talk about him, doesn't no. talk about him at all. I'm sure that is one of the most sensitive topics for Howard Absolutely. in talking about recent history of the show. Uh I think of the entire show. I think Howard, maybe. I think Howard may be, like, I I can't think of a topic having to do with the show that he, you know, he talks about, like, like with with Bruce, like, you know, thank you for forgiving my past stuff. I mean, there's a big thing there with Artie that he will never know on the air. We'll never know on the air. But um, it's... uh, he he maybe one day Artie will write a book or maybe Howard will write a book that that or or maybe after Artie's dead if Artie that would goes, probably be the point yeah. then Howard might say something um but yeah basically I that's got to be one of the biggest sore points for him um Unbelievable. around yeah yeah and um and he was stuck in that situation of like oh wait, am I enabling this guy for the longest time? And then it suddenly just, it the shit hit the fan. It was like, oh yeah, I have been enabling this guy. And yeah. and that's something I'm sure Howard feels very deeply regretful about. And um, I'm sure that shook him and probably still resonates to a certain extent. Um, and and the thing is, is that we cannot get beyond the fact that uh, Howard is a, a practicer of uh, transcendental meditation. And as somebody who has delved into that, I'm not trying to bring my own stuff into that, is that, I mean, there's something about that way of living where you have to make your entire focus of who you are the present, because that's the only thing that is of any substance. That's kind of one of the tenets of that practice. And I, I don't, I mean, I'm maybe I'm talking out of school here, but I think that as much as the past, <laughs> as much as the past is part of him, he's he's always about the future. I mean, he's always about right now. And and I was gonna one of the things preparing for the show, and I looked at my notes or whatever, but one of the things that I prepared about about the show was the fact that the the greatest thing about Howard is that. Whenever he is engaging with somebody else, he's not detached from what is actually going on with him. The the the, the case in point is the uh, mention of the woman who came up to him after he saw his mother and <laughs> said to him, "Hey, are you Howard Stern?" And he he was like, "No, that's you know." Or he, he responded, but he brought that back up with Bruce, like. I mean, that that, you know, it's just amazing the way that he is such a present individual. And I mean, it, it's something that 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 needs to be applauded. 
Yeah. Well, yes. And he's also perceptive enough to know that that's probably happened to Bruce a bunch of times. That's true. And, and he can relate to that more. So he was humanizing himself and humanizing Bruce in the same swoop with that, that whole discussion and statement. Um, and also, you know, humanizing his experience to us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, we knew, we understood the context of him, you know, dealing with his mother and, and then, yeah, the, the fan probably wasn't even really a fan whoever's told. oh that beth she, what would i do without <laughs> no it's what did i do to deserve, deserve. yeah right, right. beth that's I, like that's he's crazy he's never heard that he's never heard that <laughs> what did i do to deserve beth <laughs> And he's never, I mean, he just wants her to say that about him. <laughs> exactly. I, I, yes. And yes. But you know, he didn't uh, he didn't go to that Ivy League school that uh, oh, that's, that's that right. Howard. What what, what 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 is it about? What do they say? Oh yeah. <laughs> My friends, children, yes, they all went to Ivy League schools. <laughs> but the thing is, he filled it in. He knew it. Exactly he knew it, yes. Saying. <laughs> he knew it hundred percent, and she's but calling Ma, him afterwards. But Ma, I graduated magnum cum laude. And right. Like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's right. Magnum, I was there. Magnum cum laude. <laughs> yes, I was. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> How much yeah. do you want to see the Howard Stern movie where it's all about him and his father? That. Uh, Don Buckwald uh, said that that's not you, you can't no you can't do this film you know that was one of what? the drafts it was... that, no he was talking about how with Bruce and the relationship with uh, his manager where he's been you know uh, there and he said yeah well with Don you know there was a time where I wrote a script about uh, with another person where uh, it was all about me and my father. And Don was like, no, nah, nah, nobody wants to watch that. <laughs> and I would like to see that film. Actually. Well, I would also like to hear, see Howard's during the high school years. But I think uh, he commented true. on that, was it oh, this right. week? Or it yeah. might've been last week. It was this week where he said something. Yeah, we did this. We developed power during this. It was when he was talking about Ted Sarandos and he was like, yeah, oh, that was, that was yeah, I was, I was going to send him that. I could have sent him that, but you know, we wrote though. That just really was terrible. And I was just like, really? No. And it, how it, could that not, be? So go I mean, back and work on to, that. We used to be talking about that all the time because he had that relationship with Spike TV before he came out with uh Life's a Beach or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, no, that was was that Spike TV? Yeah, I think it was. Well, no, no. Well, Life's oh. uh Son of a Beach was so, oh, uh, Son of a Beach, I'm sorry. Son of the Beach. Son yes. of the Beach was uh was uh FX. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. And it was. And I think, what's his name? Timothy Stack was a writer, I think, on Howard Stern, the high school years. And that kid from Arrested Development and all that other stuff, he's not a kid anymore, but he was supposed to voice Howard. Oh. He was attached. So, I mean, they must have gotten somewhere with it. I don't know why it 
altered. Probably Howard would like many things was just like, oh, I don't have time to do this. And, and yet he had time for America's Got Talent. Well, see, but America's Got Talent, you don't see him with stacks of notes like you do for Bruce Springsteen. I mean, he literally, they just, they bent over and let him do whatever he wanted and he'd just show up and that was it. Yeah. Well. I mean, they changed the taping location because of him, you know? They changed everything for him. Sure. I know. uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, and also, like, America's Got Talent was a move for Howard to reach out to the mainstream in a totally different way. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I'm just saying about, I mean, and, and we kind of had a discussion about this uh, before and he's got what, 412 shows left as far as with his contract. I don't know. Where's Marianne? She could tell us. She could tell us. But um, the thing is, why can't, I mean, with the way technology is, he could, he could do his own network. I mean, you know, he could be with those, you know, producers, but, you know, you and I disagree on his uh, commitment to that. He likes, I guess, the security of uh, having the other people doing that. Although, well, yeah, I mean, I would love it if he, I mean, this is our whole, we've had this discussion many times about how just one-on-one could be so much better. Yes. And, um, you know, like, I'm glad they did that Halloween show. I'll tell you, I, I, I listened to it partially. I did. I thought it was pretty terrible. I mean, I'm yeah. just overall, it was, I mean, which is fine. It's better than just the wrap up show bullshit that they do. It was, there was at least some content there, um, you know, and, and that would be great if they were doing that kind of thing, especially when he's not on the air, right. but uh, then, but yeah, I mean, that was something Howard had zero zilch, nothing to do with. Right. Right. And and that's the sense I get of everything that's on the channels. That's not Howard. That's not his show. He has absolutely nothing to do with it. And other people, someone else is calling the shots. Uh, I don't know if it's Marcy or whoever it is, but somebody else is calling the shots and putting it together and saying, hey, Gary. I wonder if it's Gary, actually, but um, I, I. I I think that's I think there's more of an organization there where Gary is also now just the producer of the show. I think he gets pulled in as quote unquote talent for like the, this Halloween show <laughs> and and the wrap up show. But I think that's about it. And I don't think he really he's not the producer of the wrap up show. He's not you know anything else. He's not running the show, which is supposedly what he's doing for the. Howard Stern show, but, um, but I mean, I think that we can agree on one thing is the fact that, uh, Howard and what he has created as a body is the type of entertainment that, um, really makes, uh, listening or participating or, um, engaging in valuable because there's such an honesty that is so absent from so many other avenues of, uh, engagement that we have to listen to or 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 uh you know endure <laughs> absolutely a hundred percent and i think that and this I, I, week was the the interview with bruce who is also a guy who's trying to be honest and just 
really communicate his life and reflect the life of the lives uh, in an honest way to his audience. I mean, this is the one thing I, okay. I, I know we're supposed to not, we're, we're trying to stick to Howard Stern topic, right. but I'll, I'll say the one thing that was really endearing that I've always thought about Bruce in a certain way is he was that he is that honest rock star. An honest rock star is a someone who communicates not only their experience, but also relates that experience to the experience of their fans. And yeah. I don't know many other rock and roll bands. One of my favorite rock and roll bands always Not did that, which is The Who. That's the way that Pete Townsend wrote his oh, I songs. You were he say wrote guided by voices, but anyway. Well, that's no, I don't think about it that way. I don't think about what he's writing that way. But but no, The Who always did, and Pete Townsend always reflected, and even their his works were about his fans and wrote honestly in such a, a an almost painful way. I don't know that Bruce goes to that level, but he he kind of puts this catharsis in there. And again, that's this, this way that people feel that resounding um, uh, reverence and, and Bruce talking about his music, writing some of his songs, they're almost like hymns. And that's and totally right. I think I, I really, you know, keyed into that. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, actually when we think about it, who are some of Howard's favorite musical artists? They're Bruce and 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 the Who. Know. He's a huge fan of the Who. But I mean, that honesty is something that resonates with him too. I think. I mean, of course, he loves Bowie and he loves, you know, the Beatles and stuff like that. But I mean, those those guys resonate with him because of that honesty and that that uh, need to communicate something real. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think, um, something like you said that that Bruce really realized about Howard, and and really made the difference. And now they're buddies, and they're texting and yeah. doing all this. <laughs> I think that's so great. I'm I'm happy for too. Howard. I'm really happy for him. Um, after that interview, I'm happy for him that Bruce was so pleased. I feel like he Howard is got a renewed sense of pride in his um serious XM show which is well deserved yeah. and um and, and I hope that you know I hope that this high <laughs> yields more uh more great programming and more great Absolutely. shows well, I don't I know how you threw the gauntlet out for uh, Conan that he has to you know yeah, that's now reclaim Yes, has to reclaim the best interview. And that's right. And Conan's <laughs> so, coming well, back. Here we go. Yeah. I yeah. love those Conan. I mean, the Conan stuff were Conan's stories of meeting Bill Cosby and his story about <laughs> Burt Ward. And that, that stuff is just <laughs> incredibly hilarious. And Conan is a funny freaking guy. So, and Howard loves him. So let's see. There I want to see, you know, I think would be a great interview for Howard who probably never do the show. And Howard would just love it would be Lauren Michaels. Yeah, that's good. He would love that interview. He would. I don't, I guess Lauren Michaels needs to write a book or do something to promote me. Well, actually, you know, the, there's all this, like, this is like supposedly 
the um, worst cast of uh, uh, SNL since uh, Eddie Murphy before Eddie Murphy or whatever that terrible year the year he left. I, tried, I I haven't watched. Uh, I saw little bits, but there they, there's lots of stuff in the yeah. entertainment press saying that this is like the worst. Worst uh, ever. So maybe, maybe Lauren will come on. Maybe Lauren will horse trade with with Howard because Howard regrets that he didn't do uh, SNL. When I thought he, he did. No, he's appeared on SNL, but he's never hosted. Oh, okay. Never hosted. Steve he, Seagal hosted, but he didn't. <laughs> oh, freaking! You know. <laughs> All sorts of people have hosted that show that are ridiculous. I mean, freaking, you ever watched the Charles Barkley episode of, of SNL where no, Barkley's hosting? I, I oh my God, you got to watch yeah, that. Oh, I will. Yeah, it is. I've had my ridiculous. own engagement with it. And actually, that is a incredibly famous episode because musical guest was Nirvana. Oh, wow. And I think like I, Barkley, I remember. Barkley, like, I remember. He, I think he pronounces their name wrong. He's like Nuvrana. Nuvrana. Nirvana. <laughs> they actually did a very good performance. I remember their performance on that. It was, I mean, that wasn't that when they did the rape? That was the first time they did I, rape. I think. I, I think they were on SNL twice. Okay. And I'm not a hundred percent certain, but uh, yeah, one of the times they did that. I don't know which which time it was, but anyway. So yeah. Any uh, any questions from Steve from Florida? Well, who started? I think you started last week, so I'll start this week. <laughs> okay. Howard, it has come to my attention the prodigious. Okay, he wouldn't say prodigious. Uh, it has come. <laughs> what he say is you? I guess he would say it would come to my attention. Prodigious, okay. prodigy. <laughs> It's come to my prodigy. Now, <laughs> you know what I realized actually is I'm wondering if we are, I mean, it's almost like our questions, they have two possible options. They're either questions for Bobo to ask or they're questions for the Bobo puppet to ask. Well, that's <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best <laughs> That was Fred that was is fabulous. just yes. Oh, Fred man. is amazing with the is, Bobo puppet. Ow! <laughs> Knowing that you were with somebody that you really, really cared about, and you and you could see the love that you had for about uh, uh, Bruce. Do you think, at some point in time, you could ask him? to do a cover of the uh, song that that starts the show. Your thoughts? <laughs> You're going to beat that. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Jeez. I'm off the uh, off the off the cuff. Oh, of course you're off the cuff. Off the cuff. Uh, you have a legal pad in front of you. Howard, uh, here in the month of... Uh, no, no, cock, no, 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 cock, member, cock member. When you uh, were able to uh, see the uh, 
Adonis like uh, good and sides of uh, medicated Pete. Uh, would you like to what would would you trade your Ooh. radio show who have the cock of medicated Pete? Ooh. Your thoughts? That is actually oh. I don't know that that. You know what? If he would actually ask that, that would be impressive because I think that how, I mean, depending on, but that's good. That's a good yes, no question. <laughs> good yes, yes or no. Or no. no. <laughs> I think true. the one thing that was said to Bobo was that he shouldn't limit himself with such yes or no questions, but yet he continues. To oh, wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about the slice to loan thing for a minute, though? Oh, oh God, Bobo. I mean, the- I don't go that way. Sorry, Sly. I just, I, you know. Sly. And then he's like talking for 15 minutes before Sly's even saying anything. And he's like, and your new show on uh, Display TV on Tuesdays, premiering November 11th at 8 p.m. It's like, (laughs) promo Bobo. (laughs) Oh, man. That was just like when when he talked to the guy who's a survivor, he was like, and your 44th season. Jeff Probst, yeah. Jeff Probst, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that bubble. Oh, man. I like that question. That's going up. <laughs> That's good. Okay. All That's right. Good. Well, we got to we got we got a request though. Um, let me be Howard for a second. So, uh, Bruce, and you got to respond like Bruce would. Uh, oh boy. So, Bru- <laughs> okay. So, so Bruce. So Bruce. Was there ever a time where the fame became too much for you? Well, Howard, uh, you know, there was a time uh, after show in New Jersey, not too far from my house, and uh, came out after the stadium and and, uh, got in my pickup truck, Travis, my security guy, and... This guy came walking up and he said, hey, can I get a, a ride, Bruce? Yes. I gave him that ride. That and was, that too was much? just a little too much. Oh, wow. Even though when you dropped him off, you drove past where you composed uh, Thunder Road, didn't that? Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> uh, no but, more requests, by okay, the way. I well, don't know. I mean, like, I'm sorry. I want. I want documentation of the request. Just for I'll the, send it to for you. the seriously. I want documentation of the request. Jeremy spoken. Okay, that, that was a request too. Yeah. Okay. My, uh, supposedly, my my Eddie Vedder skin. Oh, okay. I th- is was this someone who listened for longer than three minutes and nineteen they seconds to the whole show? Oh, oh wow. Oh wow! All right, okay. Confirmed listeners. Blue check verified. I have, I have sign. yet to meet them. Uh, well, <laughs> you've met this person. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, we're gonna be back next week with a lot of new content. Well, yeah. So who's Conan's gonna be on next week? So, yeah. 
And then next week, what do you think? He's going to take off. No, he'll do next two weeks. He'll take off the Thanksgiving week, right? Absolutely. You think he'll be back on for one week in December, two weeks in December? I think he might take the whole month off. <laughs> Boy. Well, all right. Well, we're yeah, going to have right. lots. We're going to have lots of great content for you. Uh, yeah. All I can say is you better watch out, Rasan. <laughs> Yeah, you better have some plan for that time. And like, Baba Booey, you better, both of you better watch out. Uh, we got you in our sights. You know, we better have sights. some, we better have some good content. Please so, check. anyways, you know, the, if you do have a real request, you Please. can email us at hsnewsandcomment at gmail.com. And if you haven't done so already, you should definitely click that subscribe button or touch the subscribe button oh, and uh, and, and, uh, and make sure Coming that you again. make sure you're all uh, ready for when we re-up and post these uh, shows we're trying to do them um, pretty soon after the weekend so that you've yeah. got some time before the Monday morning show comes on Absolutely. and uh, you can always find us on the Twitter and uh, you can all just email is probably the best. It's Love the to best. hear from you. Uh, we thank you. What did you say? 300 and what is it? What? Uh, no, what? 1,200. There's 1,200. No, 1,300. Starts. 1,300 starts. Okay. And, 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 and we're at like how many subscribers, whatever? Well, I mean, 200 you know, it's around, it's around, no, it's around 56. Oh, we've lost subscribers. All right. No, it, it's only estimated on the one site, but like I went around and looked at every single. Okay, so yeah, if you know a way that Commodore could track these things <laughs> in a better way, please write us at HS News and comment upon the news. Or actually, it's just HS News and comment. Don't write us at HS News, comment upon the news. Uh, <laughs> That was and, com com and com it's HS and news comment. and comment. HS and news and, and comment. comment. And let, let me just sign off with WNBC. NBC. <laughs> you listen, we listen, and that was a comment.